What is good? What's good, bro? How are you? Happy mo- to Monday. It is Monday. And I'm drinking out of the new Creative Herd mug. Mm, soon, soon. We'll, we'll, oh, I almost just spilt it. <laughs> we'll we'll wow. release some information about the new mugs. We're testing. Soon. we got to do some QC, some quality control before we get it out in the public, you know? Exactly. You can't just release a shitty product. But just know we are working on that merch, Daddy. So... I am merch daddy. I feel like I'm a merch whore. Like, I like someone, I'm like, yeah, I'll wear their hat. I'll buy their tote bag, add it to my fucking collection of 30 of them. (laughs) (laughs) You got to retire them. I think you you need to know when to retire them. Yeah, that's fair. Although I have issues. I'm not a hoarder, but I just hold too much sentimental value to shit. Like, I'll have, like, a T-shirt that I've been holding on for 12 years that I haven't worn in four. But I'm like, ah, but I wore it when I was at this place and it just, you know? I have that. I literally just, um, uh, I have a stack of T-shirts of what you're saying right now. I'm like, you know what? It's time. It's time. time. I got to bring it to some some goodwill vibes. You got to wash your hands clean sometimes, man. Yeah. Got to wash your hands. The good memories will still there. Mm -hmm. But, uh... New memories? Anything new exciting? What's going on with you? You wrapping any cool projects? Uh, big push this month, so it's really exciting to get to the... I'm going to get some time off in September, so I'm Ooh, looking forward to that. Ooh, little vacay vibes. Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, Northern Ontario? Um, I don't know. Maybe just going to sit in my house and not work. <laughs> no plans yet. That's exciting. What about you? Uh, no. Just a lot of client work, really. I mean, I'm still working on our projects that we have are part of our accountability program. So I've been working on my YouTube video and I'm pretty pumped on it so far. I have to shoot the A-roll later today. So that's kind of cool. And I don't really want to spend the rest of my time talking about client work because they don't deserve to absorb any more more residency <laughs> in my mind <laughs> outside of work hours. Yeah. Um one thing I want to note quickly is that there's currently like a lot of rain, big downpour happening. So if you hear something weird going on, that is the rain. It's just the rain. Um, I had an interesting question at work today. Mm. Uh, sometimes we have like newsletter. There's a newsletter that goes out every Monday and people get people can like reply with questions and stuff in like um, in a question form. So one of the ones was today, if you're living in a small space... It was a bunch of andors, and essentially it was like, if you're working and living on your laptop, like, what are some ways that you kind of, like, deflect work after hours from, like, okay, I'm doing client work, and now I'm going to surf on Amazon for myself or, like, watch YouTube and, like, not combine the two. Does that make sense? And how do you do it, though? It was just, I was like, oh, that's a good question. I don't know, like, because it's bad to just be surfing at the both time yeah because you are a youtube whore honestly yeah you i'm like mid so i'm like mid render and i'm just like well oh, pop open a youtube video quick i know and i try not to do that i feel like because i live with my partner it's a little bit easier for me to just instead of like hop on a youtube video i am yeah. like babe what's going on yeah. what are you doing yeah. come hang out with me <laughs> for six minutes while yeah. something renders or exports exactly so but also, now that I have a studio and office space to work out of, it's really easy now for me to separate my life from work at home and whatnot. But I still definitely get distracted at the office. And when I am waiting for like rendering time to separate it, um, 
the coffee's on like the fourth floor. <laughs> so I get to go walk around and like grab myself a coffee. Even if I don't really need it, I'll just do like a pump, maybe two pumps. And that for me is a nice way to like separate myself from doing work things. But for you, since you're working from home, what, what, do you, what are you doing? I think the biggest thing, I guess, is just a different space. Even if you're in the same room, it's like just have a different like sit on a more of a desk vibe for your clients. And when you have you time, sit on your bed and be on your laptop. Mm. Like just make an actual switch. So your brain starts to be like, okay, we're sitting on our bed. We're, we could just get to do whatever and watch Netflix or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's definitely a, a space thing. Yeah. And it helps sure. that your space is actually quite big for a Toronto apartment. You actually have quite a nice large spacious place that you can kind of separate in different rooms. Like the fact that you have an office and an upstairs bedroom and a living room is and a kitchen it's pretty sick <laughs> and a kitchen and a kitchen and laundry en suite that's wild yeah that's wild and you're yeah. not breaking the bank for it so good for you i have a question for you now hit me now you've been on you're back on the insta but it's 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 that burner thing so no one's gonna find spenny t on <laughs> spencer's dog just <laughs> ran away because there's thunder <laughs> outside um now that you're back on the Insta and you're posting some, you're doing some creative work. You're actually putting on some really nice videos and um, it does. It, you're not really caring about who sees them or like the amount of people that watch them. You're just enjoying the process of making things. So I want to ask what your relationship right now with social media is now that you are kind of not indulging yourself back into it, but you're just, you're kind of floating in the online space. Right. Yeah. That's a good description. Sorry. I, I literally just watched Winston just looked at me like, did you hear that thunder? And then <laughs> got into the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a safe place. Um, yeah. Floating is like such a great word for it. And I think I'm just trying to like not care, mm. not give any um, real effort behind it to be like oh i worked really hard on this so now it needs to get x amount of views for me to feel okay about making it versus mm. just like oh i like these three clips i'm gonna make a reel sick and that's pretty much you know but what's your consumption been like though um i think the time away from it definitely helps me not like get back to it but i still get sucked in like if i'm opening it and like scrolling through Instagram stories or reels, it's it's so easy to just blow half an hour. <laughs> so easy. So especially when like there's times where I find like a good audio bite and I click into the audio bite and then I oh, just and then see, you watch the other ones. I start seeing them like, oh that was cool. Oh, that was a cool take. Oh, I should I should make something like this. So uh, yeah, it's it's good that you still have like that separation from it and that you kinda can stop yourself from getting too far with uh consuming the videos. But I imagine, though, there has to be a part of you that now that you're seeing other content out in the world, it must be triggering a little bit of inspiration, though, just like a tiny bit. Yeah, like what you're saying, l listening to the songs and stuff like that. When I left, that wasn't really a thing. Mm -hmm. there, yet. there wasn't. No, there wasn't music on. I don't even think there was really Instagram reels when when you left. Um, I think it just rolled out and people were still being like, this is just uh, TikTok. TikTok. So Which that <laughs> that part has been like pretty inspiring because like for me I love I do really love short form stuff but it's like okay now make it non cringy mm -hmm. and add a little bit of not like cinematic I wouldn't call it cinematic but it's not the funny you know fail videos that sometimes people post those are fire though it's like yeah <laughs> somewhere in between it's good to mix those in yeah 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 I can't I can't lie to you 
there are times where I hear a soundbite and I think of a concept just from that soundbite alone. And we're not talking like, oh, it's a great song. I want to use that for a piece. There, there's yeah. like TikTok trends or Instagram reel trends where there are audio bites of someone having a conversation with someone and then they capitalize on it being maybe it's like casera casera live live the way you want to live and it's just rich people traveling and jumping off mountains <laughs> and into fucking water and and spending all this money that like i don't understand how they have and how they're doing that right yeah. now but whatever admirable enough but the other day i stumbled across one wait how do people like how does that happen who may who's making these what are they getting paid to make these no man people are just fucking can i make one yes dude it's called original audio. Like when you just upload it, oh, you can like, fuck. you can title your own audio. Be like, oh, like you just name it, whatever. It's in the upload page for Instagram Reels. Um, okay. And then Interesting. if people like it, people just start using that. doesn't even matter if it's a real song and you just, I know that sounds shitty, kind of hacky, but if you just retitle it to original audio with like a name on it of, that you choose, people can just use that and it could blow up that way. It's so silly. Anyways, back to my point. I'll explain that to you later, how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, back to you. Okay, I found one the other day. It didn't make me want to uh, create anything, per se, but it was, it, it stopped me in my tracks. I need to, like, listen to it over and over again, and I had to share it with you, and I instantly thought about talking about it on the pod today because it kind of embodies a lot of things that we often talk about as the beginnings of a creator and what it's like to just live in this space and basically they were talking about uh that saying about uh, a jack of all trades but a master of none mm. everyone has heard that hundreds of millions of times jack of all trades a master of none but there's this tiktok audio that's going viral right now where it's a woman having a conversation with a man saying like i hate how people use that saying they're using it incorrectly because there's more to it and the male voice goes, oh, yeah, what is it? And it's somewhere in the longs along the lines of a jack of all trades, a master of none. But being good at some is, being, um, is better than being a master of none. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did, was, that, was that clear? I don't know if I said that correctly. Let me try it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say it with chest. Hold on. <clears throat> no, dude, that makes sense. Yeah. If, like if you're just a master of one thing, it's often not as good as being you know yeah, jack like, of all trades that saying originally before it was chopped in half was meant to be a compliment it was meant to encourage people to um to try different things to be good at different things and not just bottleneck yourself into one kind of uh skill one kind of trait it's it's encouraging people to learn more mm-hmm. and to dive themselves into other things so there is so much more room for growth and yeah, it's actually a, a fucking shame that we've grown up thinking that that saying stopped there. And there are so many times in my life where I've ridiculed myself for trying to do too many different things and people using that saying back at me. They weaponized that saying and it made me feel bad for not putting all of my focus just on one single thing. So I thought that was really interesting. I had to share that with you. I think it's just the wording maybe, like jack of all trades. Like I don't know why the word jack <laughs> why jack why not spence <laughs> spence of all trades like for some reason like yeah when you break it apart it's like almost like a negative connotation to it to be like mm-hmm. you're just a jack of all trades but it's like now that's sick 
that's sick to be good at so to many a things. certain extent mm-hmm. and i think our society looks at it now that you're like and maybe this is just my own personal view on it now that i hear it in the way i was raised is that you do too many things and i think that's maybe how most people were raised to listen to that phrase to be like jack of all trades and it's just like oh that person does too many things so we can't label them on anything mm. like they're ma- they are a master of and i think that's where it, you know the whole thing is that they're a master of nothing they do everything so they'll never be good at one thing right but they'll be mediocre at a bunch of things but who said their mediocrity is even in the equation like you know what i'm saying when they people use that saying they weaponize that saying it immediately makes <laughs> us think that they're referring to someone being mediocre yeah i don't know that's why i'm like which is such yeah like that makes no sense because if i'm being fucking honest if i'm being honest bro be honest man let me be honest (laughs) i'm gonna be honest i'm not a master of anything like i feel genuinely far from being a master of anything okay well i'm good at a bunch of things yo (laughs) i'm good at boxing feel like i'm a good photographer i feel like i'm a good filmmaker uh editing i could be better at so you're saying that you're are you getting at that you're jack of all trades right now what i'm trying to say i'm a nolan of all trades (laughs) i'm saying that for the longest time i i was beating myself up over the fact that i couldn't just put all of my intention onto one thing and i couldn't ever be the artist that would lock themselves in a room for eight hours and just paint or just draw Mm -hmm. or have their camera on them at all fucking times, no matter where they're going. And they're always taking pictures, always editing, always just working on their craft. I've ridiculed myself for honestly my entire life for not being able to do that. Not punching enough on on the bag, not fucking running enough kilometers for this marathon. All the things is that I always feel like I'm never doing enough. And I have a hard time. I have a hard time kind of glorifying that i am a very diverse person and i'm very diverse in my skill set i can offer photo i can offer video and it's not just offering it i'm i can actually offer it at a very high level but the caveat i'm not a master i'm not a master yeah i think social media definitely hurts on that side because you see way more people Mm. like that 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 look like they are that's all they do they're eight hours a day walking around with their camera like hunting for the perfect photo, chasing sunsets, coming home, editing it, posting it, doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to a certain point, just like do things when you feel like it. It's like, I don't feel inspired. Cool. Don't feel inspired. Do something that you want to do. Go like, go for a run. If you don't feel like taking photos, like that's mm-hmm. the helpful side of like having different interests, I guess. But I think there's like two schools of thought for, my brain is you have to know are they hot takes no okay i wish they were hot takes but you have to know like where your kind of cup or energy ends because if you're doing too many things and you become mediocre at all of them right if you're overextending yourself versus like i have 100 percent, and i'm aware that i'm putting 30 here 30 here 30 here whatever mm-hmm. you know until the 100 versus just dishing energy you don't have interesting does that kind of make sense it does yeah you had a second train of thought though those were the two oh you combine them yeah 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 so it's like one one you're doing it in like a healthy way and not 
overextending yourself and then one you're overextending yourself and just being like oh i like this oh i like this oh i like this and then that's the real definition of like the mediocrity thing of like you're you're good at a ton of stuff but you're very mediocre at all of them Mm. you know in the grand scheme of things off camera we were discussing this a little bit and you actually had a good example about your recent transition into a new editing software for everyone who doesn't know or doesn't haven't heard yet spend <laughs> has left adobe and has joined fucking da vinci he's a da vinci man now but he was saying that if he had miraculously had some crazy interest in becoming a baker <laughs> and he yeah. st- while he was making that transition and he focused more time on being the baker and because it's an interest of his there's no way he could have transitioned as quickly as he did to da vinci and now still editing at a very high caliber so quickly so there is that caveat of when you are dispersing your interest no it's not a bad thing like it's good to be diverse and it's good to offer a handful of things but you know the rate that you will exceed at something will be inherently so much quicker if your attention is completely on it. Yeah, which is, that's just something that you, it's like a, something that you just have to know and and be okay with Mm -hmm. for that because it's like, sometimes you will just be happier if you're not fully focused on one thing. Like, if you're just focused on something for eight hours a day, like you're saying, it's like, it's a good way to fucking burn out. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Um, Yeah. But if you're really passionate about it, yeah, sometimes you can fall into the zone and like everything falls away and you can just eight hours go like that. Because mm-hmm. for sure, like that saying is 100% true that like whatever you focus your attention to will grow. Like no doubt about that. So I, yeah, it's just the the level of like you have to be totally aware that if if you're doing three things and you're only giving like 20% to each of those things, mm-hmm. it's definitely not the same as like giving one 100 or 80% of your time Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this last podcast too it's now related without we unintentionally related our two podcasts oh shit when it happens in real time being a jack of all trades say you offer a service where you're like i'll do photos and video for the same client at the same time at the same fucking event (laughs) (laughs) cool you're sick bro for being able to offer all of them like that's that's great sure but now you have completely compromise the percentage of effort that you were able to spend on one thing because you're focused and splitting your attention on other things all at the same time so you know there is a catch-22 with it you have to take it this saying with a grain of salt and showing how diverse you are with your skill set and your portfolio Mm -hmm. that's exactly yeah that's my exactly my point for sure word i'm so there are when i think of some of the great legends of cinema the auteurs do you know what auteurship is it's film school 101 not not film production film studies (laughs) okay it's where my degree is in film studies and cinema 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 media analysis actually is what it was called so tell me (laughs) tell tell the audience auteurship uh clearly a french word uh it refers to (laughs) the authorship of of the director, producer, filmmaker, cinematographer, whatever it is. Got it's it. basically okay. seeing their style, their attachment style in every single piece of their work. So, for example, um, Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. often shot on film. It's very dark. It's satirical. It's very edgy. 
guy loves a good yellow subtitle. Loves it. Loves a good yellow True. title. True. You know what I'm saying? Big facts. Uh, he also has no fear about pushing boundaries on what is socially correct or incorrect. True. You know, those are all characteristics that, and when you watch, when you see a film, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 That's Quentin Tarantino. Right. Um, Wes Anderson's another great example. All of his films are symmetrical. They're very colorful. Mm-hmm. They're very vibrant. Every single film is in the same kind of vein. You can just tell aesthetically that this is a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. It's like all like center frame and shit. It's like you could look at any one frame from these people and know exactly who it is. Exactly. So those guys are, they're masters, master class filmmakers. Obviously they've made a name for themselves. They're legends. And what they do is immaculate. I'm not saying that they bottleneck them into themselves into a style, but they definitely have created this image that is now always expected from them. Mm-hmm. they've created this uh, aesthetic that if they were to break from it it would seem off-putting it would also seem um a different kind of take on their own other work and people may see they might view it as something that is inferior or a little too off the beaten path it's like when your favorite artist is like we're gonna make a different style of music and you're yeah. like fuck. yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah. when mumford and sons dropped the banjo and they made a rock album sucked yeah sucked it does happen but i'm always for it but when something like that happens it's like well not gonna listen to that one not a big fan (laughs) not a big fan so they obviously mastered the craft and their style they have a cinematic style they are authors they they've mastered authorship Mm -hmm. and there's a a massive list of them but there's also some people who have really excelled uh and have done a fucking load of different styles of genres of films different themes like so one that I heard on a podcast recently, which was on Smartlist, that one with, um, who's that Canadian guy? He speaks like this. Who's that Canadian guy? Will Arnett. Thank you. Dude, thanks, man. <laughs> Bojack Horseman. Yeah, thanks. Bojack Horseman's a sick show. <laughs> Jason Bateman, the, you know, the king of the dry comedy. And uh, Sean... Desmond. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you just say Sean Desmond. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Sean Desmond. He's a Toronto legend. <laughs> no, the guy from Long Grace, Sean fucking. <sighs> Anyways, Sean, he's from Long Grace, you know. Him. Anyways, they had uh, recently they had Sean uh, Levy on there. Sean Levy, Sean Levy. Do you know who Sean Levy is? I do not. So, director, producer has his own production company, and they're behind several movies. But the beginning of his career, it was comedy. Just made comedy films. Right? Cool. Comedy films are already hard enough to make, especially now. I feel like comedy is kind of canceled and people aren't really fucking following it enough in theaters. So that's why you're not really seeing comedy films in in the theater. No one wants to laugh at something that's funny and, yeah. and get canceled for it or yeah. get in trouble by their, their partner. Yeah. <laughs> Can you relate? <laughs> roasted. Boom roasted. Um, started in comedy, but then he dipped his toe into like indie films. It's cool. And then he dipped himself into horror. And then he dipped himself into music videos. And then he dipped himself into Stranger Things. He has directed for every season. He's directed, I think, four episodes out of every season. So he partnered up with the Duffer oh, Brothers. Wow. So Stranger Things, it's, it's a horror. It's a horror show. And it's done immaculately. It's like a thriller. It's a thriller. Thriller, thriller, horror, horror yeah. comedy. Interchangeable. It has, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very interchangeable. But 
It's immaculately done. It's one of the best series of all time, hands up, right? He's had his hands in that very much so. He's had his hands in like Knights of the Museum. He was a producer of Arrival, which is an award-winning Denis Villeneuve film. Also an excellent film. He also produced uh, or helped produce All Too Well, the Taylor Swift music video that the internet fucking blew up. You know the one that was like 15 minutes long? No, Dylan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah My yeah. boy Dylan. Boy Dylan, huh? And he had a handful of comedies that did super well. And so I'm using him as an example that he, yes, he started in comedy, but he made the effort and choice to try and different avenues of filmmaking. And he refined his skill set, not in just one style, but the more he was learning from other styles of film, whether it be horror, thriller, comedy, drama, he was taking a slice of information from every single one of them and added it to his skill set. And now he's at the point where he offers himself as an excellent filmmaker, excellent director, excellent mm-hmm. producer. He knows what's going to work because he has surrounded himself in all these different fields of cinema. And I think that's just a great example. You may not hear his name. You know, may not put his name beside the Quinta Tarantino's, the Wes Anderson's, the Denis Villeneuve's, but he is clearly a master of what he's done in his career. And I think he's a great example of being a jack of all trades and not being a master of just one. Mm-hmm. I will say, I've had, I have a few thoughts on that. Like one, you have to define what success is for you, for yourself. Of course. Uh, and if your goal isn't to be a household name, which I, I don't like, my that's not my goal. Like I would, they would much make me much more happy to be somebody like that who has more knowledge versus like developing their style to be like a household name making films Mm -hmm. but i will say he has focus still for you have to and only because um he is not baking dude like if you really break it down as you're saying it it's just like oh he's he's still in film he's not like oh i'm gonna go to the lighting department and i'm gonna be a grip now and i'm gonna gaffer it's like yeah, sure, he's, like, in, he's still in his field and, like, picking lanes very specifically for specific reasons. And that's, like, kind of the focus of, like, and maybe the best way to use this of, like, the jack-of-all-trades thing. For me specifically, like, I'm an editor, like a lot of people, but I have different skill sets from other editors. Some people have no idea what After Effects are and, like, yeah but like and it it, same thing we we can both edit but i can't jump into lightroom the same way you can jump into the lightroom versus me jumping into after effects versus you jumping into after effects Mm -hmm. so it's like they're not the same uh like they're the same field but different takes on it for sure uh so it's not like he's completely like oh yeah i also have like a grammy winning album or some shit like that <laughs> tell me that would be kind of sick i would i'm sure there's somebody out there who has like their hands in different shit but i'm just saying it's still like there's still focus and he's still building the trust to his name mm. versus spending his time elsewhere being like oh yeah i'm gonna I'm work on shoes on the side i think it's an excellent point to make sure that you stay you veer from mediocrity the thing that's going to make you stand out and be excellent at the things of your trades is by focusing working hard dedicating your time intentionally you know and staying within staying within your field at least or like you, mm-hmm. you can have other interests but like let let hobbies be hobbies 
yeah. you know yeah. let, have things outside of work even if you want to grow in other areas let that make sure you identify that personally as a thing that you just enjoy doing for fun because you need to have there needs to be an aspect of fun in your life especially as an adult sure. because we forget how to With do that zero pressure zero pressure one thing too i think we we chatted on this like maybe a couple weeks ago that this kind of brought up but it's like if some guy named kanye west that you doesn't make any music just came out of nowhere buy these fucking yeezys would you buy yeezys if kanye west wasn't kanye west nope ugly you know what i mean i mean i have (laughs) i have Yeezys. like i get it but there's like it's it's the thing that's like you buy nikes for a certain percentage because they're nikes Mm mm-hmm right so it's like he got so good as kanye west and then was like you know what i want to make fashion i want to make shoes i want to do this and people were like okay because he's already like mastered the first thing Mm -hmm. and like listening to that like concept was like just get good at that thing and then do whatever the fuck you want which is kind of in the same vein what this dude did like he's like i'm gonna learn this and I don't know what his first thing was, producing or directing, and was just like, cool, I get it. I know how to produce. Now I'm trusted. People trust me to produce their films. What else can I do? I can do that? Oh, yeah, okay. And then, like, stepped aside and did that. So now he's, like, building trust in another realm. I think that's a cool way to go about it. It's very cool. Supplementary information on that whole Kanye Yeezy thing. I don't know if you know this, but... He obviously has like platinum records and he's a very decorated artist, producer, musician, whatever you want to call him. Um, But before he launched his like Yeezy line of clothing, the man was millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt. He had spent all of his money trying to launch this clothing line um, and it spent all his money on like the press and all the concerts and, and the imagery he puts and effort he puts into his concerts that he was in the negatives. But he had this dream of creating this clothing company and he obviously wanted to use his name. And he was asking bare celebrities to be like, yo, invest in me. Like, please. Like, I need the money. He even publicly said, like, I am broke right now. And I'm trying to make this happen. Who wants to invest in me? He even, like, went on an interview wow. with Mark Zuckerberg. And was like, yo, invest $10 million in me. And everyone's like, mm, nah. Nah. Kanye, you're crazy, bro. What You make music. You make music. Why are you making clothing? Right. Fuck that. Right. He signs a deal with Adidas, releases releases Yeezys on the side with Adidas, and he releases a clothing line, uh, whatever, I can't remember what it was called, Yeezy Season. But Adidas made $4 billion <laughs> yeah. in the first year of selling Yeezys. $4 billion. That's hilarious. And Kanye alone made like $150 million in like a couple of years from Adidas, from just someone fucking betting on him. Yeah. Isn't that fucking insane? That is and that wild. was because like, yes, the notoriety sometimes carries on. Yeah. But man was focused. Yeah. And man had a dream and a vision and he executed. And, you know, it's okay. He's a great example of being a jack of many trades. And yeah, he's definitely. also a master of music. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, there's just something about the formula that's interesting to me there. It's like the focus comes first. And then you get to experiment. Mm-hmm. And it's like the... It's like the fruits of your labor. It doesn't mean the fruits all have to be from the same tree. Yeah. And I look the same. I just don't think that you... I just don't think it could have happened the other way around. If mm-hmm. he just came in and was like Adidas, like, I don't think he just like... It just wouldn't have worked, mm-hmm. you know? 
I agree. I don't think anybody would have had any trust in him if just he was just some kid trying to get some shoe deal or fashion deal. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, wild, wild, wild shit, wild shit. Speaking of shoes, maybe not shoes, more of apparel. I wanted to talk about real quick about what my thing of the week is. So the segment, the usual thing, every single week we name the one tool, thing, program, whatever it is, is the thing that helps us with our routine, our productivity, whatever it is, whatever we're practicing. My thing this week is a brand called CL Athletics. They're a Canadian brand. They're actually out of Montreal. And uh, they're a running brand. They make running apparel. Hats specifically, which is like the number one thing that I wear. Mm -hmm. T-shirts, shoes, collaborations, all the things. But their whole ethos, their whole like mission, their statement is that everybody runs. It's not like everybody runs. Everybody everybody runs. Cool. And once I had found that ethos out, I thought that was, or when I heard that, I thought that was such a, such an, a, a company that had finally created a slogan that actually embodied inclusion inclusiveness right yeah like i really felt that yeah and i've been so hard on myself my entire life about how i run and like how much i've hated it and now i'm preparing for the marathon as we fucking always talk about i Mm -hmm. feel like i'm always that guy but i love that brand and i love their products their hats is what i'm always wearing not this one this one's from a local skate shop switch back in pickering shot switch (laughs) um but they're it's top tier quality and they deliver i wish they sponsored us but (laughs) they deliver worldwide and cl athletics yo yo great quality i love their stuff i love how much it's helped me with my training program and uh yeah big shout out to cl athletics cool c-i-e-l-e support local baby support them always what's yours bro speaking of supporting local our mug (laughs) (laughs) honestly I'm like good mug, dude. Talk about them. What's so good about this mug? Um, it's designed locally. Yes. Who's the designer? Who designed? Uh, who's our designer? We gotta shut them out real quick. So Cam, Cam, he's been on the show. Cam Harapiak made the uh, OG logo. Shut him out. Um, his Instagram is just at Cam Harap, which is H A R A P. Cam Harap. He's a great like lettering graffiti artist, dude. Does murals and whatnot in Montreal right now doing his thing over there wow should i have montreal twice fuck yeah so we're working on a mug we're working on a couple different things for creative herd mm-hmm. um in the future yes. but uh yeah this has just been like the the getting me through my work days right now lessons mm-hmm. not consequences lessons, make mistakes learn from them that's it that's it lessons not consequences we'll talk about what that means more uh, in a future episode possibly but yeah be on the watch for mugs bitch a lot for other things maybe we'll release other things but in the meantime you know where to get your creative assets you want dust and scratches creativeherd.ca you want uh, overlay title uh no uh uh okay. presets audio pre- somebody fade him out <laughs> somebody fade him out uh fuck i'll cut myself off all i'm saying is if you want to support us support the show support us creativeherd.ca let's yeah. be friends let us know talk to us um How's your three-week challenge going? Just quickly before we wrap here. Before we wrap, it's going. Wait, for anybody who doesn't know, we do three-week challenges where we make stuff. Uh, make three, anything every three weeks. Has to be public, has to be viewable by uh, anyone. Yeah. It can't be just between the two of us. Mine's okay. It's, again, it's another YouTube video. <laughs> Mine's okay. <laughs> uh, mine is okay. It's another YouTube video. Uh, I'm really, I like this one though. Cool. Um, it is a lot of 
old footage that I have that I haven't put out. That's okay. Yet, but That's it's okay. okay. I am filming a little talking head, a role situation for it right after this. Um, and it's about a topic that is very tender to me. Uh, I'm talking a lot about my, my true experience right now as a freelancer and how I'm cool. really feeling. Cool. Um, video for you. Yeah. For It's a video for me. For future you. For future. Exactly. I exactly. love that. And I want, like, I don't care if anyone watches it, but I do want people to know who know me to see this video yeah. because it, it really does explain how I'm doing right now. That's amazing. Cool. And you? What's yours? You do one? Yeah, mine's not great. <laughs> it's scheduled. Mine's scheduled already. It's Wait, just you made a, it already? Yeah, I made it on the weekend. It's just the like fuck? a three-minute tutorial. Oh, my God. On, like, Instagram stacked reels. But Bro, I, haven't I, even, I haven't even put clips into a premiere. I, I also did start filming. Um, I got a couple things on the go. So hopefully I won't be, like, I'm just trying to be proactive. True. I took my R7 into Henry's to get it shipped off. So I just like vlogged quick of like the process through that. So hopefully I can make a video when four to eight weeks when that comes back. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and, um, but I did think of something while we were talking about this episode. It would be cool for the challenge uh, in the future to recreate something that we've already made. I feel like we've talked about this a bunch of times. Like one of our old films? Like, yeah, recreate something that you've made in the past, something that I've made in the past, and so, make it in your style now. How would you plagiarize yourself now? Ooh, that's a good one. Right? I like that. Right? Okay. I really like that. On that note, I like you. I, love, I, I don't know if I ever told you on this, but I love you. I love you, bro. Love you, buddy. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, dude. All right, we love you. Peace out. Later. Bye.